You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, Sid Talk. How are you? Hello, I am fine. And I'm as close to the microphone as you're ever going to want me. But it's not going to last long, so relish it while you can. Because this is where I'm going to be for the rest of the time. Good. As per the pre, <laughs> the before the after the show discussion of somebody wanting the other person being me to sit with my effing face. No, I did not say that. You are exactly. You say this sounds the best. Obviously. Now, does this look comfortable to you? It, this is what I would have to do. That's what I'm doing. To me, it is not. You're just sitting normally. <laughs> Plus, if I have to move my chair, it's going to pop and cry. So this is it, Bubba. <laughs> that's it. We're talking about noise levels, sound levels. How exciting is that? Yeah, it's not interesting, but we were, what else were we talking about? It was talking about something else that was interesting before. <laughs> I don't remember. The sound discussion overtook it. It was about... Tin Cup? <laughs> no, not the... No, we have we had a Kevin Costner discussion because yeah. of this movie. Movies? Uh, we were talking about movies in general? True. Um, I need the show notes because I can, can't... It won't work if I can't read them. Mm. I can't remember what number we're on. I know you can't. <laughs> so, um, it isn't Saturday, May the 30th. Uh, we're look. It'll be Monday, May no June the first. Today is June the first. Yeah, Monday, June first. It'll be, actually when this podcast is finished recording, you will be listening to it within thirty minutes. Probably not. I mean, it will be on the web. Right. <laughs> in 30 minutes. So it actually is June the first, Monday. This is after the show number three hundred and seventy-eight. Uh, we're a movie review podcast, aren't we? We review movies every We are. Week. I was yawning, so apologize for the delay. Yes, we are a movie. Well, what are, are we? Because we do the movie, and then you talk about game stuff. We are a... And then I tell you what I ate for support. We're having for supper. Primarily, we review the movies. It's really all about my have... advice at the end of the show. All the stuff before it is just sort of like getting us there, and then I give you some a jewel, like a gem of wonderful life advice. But it's at the very end, so you have to listen to the whole thing. You can't fast forward. To no. listen to it all. I'm not giving you the time code as where the <laughs> wonderful <laughs> advice takes place. So um, the movie we're looking at this week is this uh, a new Blu-ray release from Disney. It is McFarland USA. It's actually a 2014 movie. And it comes out this coming Tuesday. So tomorrow. You can pick it up tomorrow. Um, it is rated PG. And Sid Talk, will you give us the synopsis of McFarland USA? Inspirational sports movie. Is it like Tim, Tin Cup? <laughs> tin Cups? I don't know. I've never seen the Tin the Cups. The Tin Cups. If anyone watches Bob's Burgers, they'll know why that's funny. Yeah. Uh, I have not seen the Tin Cups. Uh, but it is what it is. A coach goes to a new school, different school. The school has no cross-country running team. He develops one. They don't know if they can win or lose. And then, of course, the movie goes on with their story. True. It's based on a true story. But as you read the true details, you find... Loosely based. Like most. Um, yeah. It does say based on. But if so. you want a quick synopsis, it is an inspirational sports movie. It's really, the formula is all there. Every little bit of that recipe fits right in. That's it. Actually, um, so going on to the movie, we, we did review another Disney movie um, a couple, well, th- three or four months ago called Million Dollar Arm, which is another, it's another similar true story. Based on a true story, sorry. 
uh, inspirational tale involving multicultural scenario, which this one does also. So Disney, uh, and this isn't new, something new to what Disney do. They've done it before. So um, what did you think of uh, this movie in general, Mount Farland, USA? Overall, did you, uh, First off, did you know this story? No. No. Okay. Never heard of it. Uh, overall, it is an enjoyable, entertaining, sweet-ish. It's not overly sweet, which is good. It's not overly sappy or dramatic or anything like that. It's not got the... Her- it's got a couple little hurrah moments, but nothing to overt. So I enjoy it. Overall, quality. High quality. Now, I, I would go, go so far. I enjoyed it, actually. Um, we sound very bland at the moment. We enjoyed it very, very much. No, I'm saying I, I did enjoy it. And there's definitely there's some quality elements to it. Um, one being the acting. And two being, you know, it's a fish out of water story. But the fish out of the water is the the Kevin Costner character, really. He's not in his element where, you know, he tries to fit in. You know, he has an incident at the beginning of the movie where he can't work in the high school that he's working in anymore. So he has to go to a different one. And the different one is, you know, he's the fish out of water in that school. So it's not the other way around, usually, where the athletes are the fish out of water. It's this guy... You know, he has to find a way. But he, what it is about this character, Jim White, the real guy, is, as far as I could tell, he sees the potential in people and he his deal was how to try and work it out so they could fulfill it. Did you feel that? I'd way? say that to some degree, but I think it's a bigger philosophy for his life. That if anybody works hard... You're going to succeed in this thing or anything. And that's mm. it. That's kind of the bottom line. And he's not hardcore about it. He's not like in your face. He's not like a lean on me kind of a guy or any of those other sort of school slash sports inspirational. He's not a tough, at least from what we yeah, from, are dished out. Yeah, It's more an overall thing that if you just work hard, then you'll get what, I don't know, what you, not what you deserve, but I mean, you'll go ahead for forward in life. What I really liked about this movie too is... It's not like some dudes, they get trained by this dude and then they go on and win the Olympics. You know, it's not some massive triumph thing, but it is a massive triumph, but in a small way for these kids. Like, you know, a lot of these stories, they end up winning the Olympics or, you know, and and then it's like the ultimate pinnacle of a story. This one is... And I think these are the more interesting stories. The small... And I know it's not small to... Are we spoiling stuff if I say something? No, not really. It's a true story. Um, So spoilers. Yeah, but, you know, winning the state championship. That's not like winning the Olympics, but it is for these kids who have come from... It's for anybody in that uh, that level of sports in high school. Yeah, it is like winning the Olympics. So you can't really diminish it. You can't compare it to the Olympics, but for a high school student, that is uh, state and national. Those are your two Olympics. So it's huge. Now, um, I really liked it, but I, if I have to criticize anything, and I, what I would be criticizing was the fact that it is a Disney movie and it's a PG. There are a lot of elements that are, I think skirted around. And one of them is racism in this movie. I feel in the real story of this movie, there was a lot of racism. 
is really just mentioned. Barely touched upon. Barely touched upon, but, you know, there's a one little incident with the two, the coach comes to Kevin Costner and says, what does he say to him? It's some racial thing. Another coach. Yeah, another coach says, oh, because you're you're coaching the um, Mexican kids, so. I bet they don't even understand what you're saying. Right, and it's obvious it's a, and. Because the kids are all Mexican kids mm-hmm. in a California school. Right, that's the... Where the parents mostly all speak Spanish or, you know, the community is a Spanish-speaking community. So, I feel that the real story was there would have been a lot of racism involved because they're this Mexican team and nobody else is. They're all these white, um, what do you call them? Just... Middle-aged assholes. Yeah, and even the, te- even the teams of boys, the other teams of boys, they would be they're the being raised up to be middle-aged who would white be assholes. racist or yep. rude to these kids. So that's kind of really skirted over. And there's also in this movie there's um, Mexican neighborhood gang violence. It's there, and you know it's there from from this the kind of neighborhood it is. It's kind of. When they enter the neighborhood, at I'm the not begin- sure if that's a fair thing. To well, they when they enter the neighborhood at the beginning and they go out for a meal, and but they're wrong. You as a yeah, they're wrong. But you as a viewer are given the idea this is kind of a rough neighborhood. Right, but that's our and later on, isn't it? It, it, it's it's actually revealed that it is a rough neighborhood and stuff like this does happen. But it's that is even skirted upon. It's it, see, bit- I'm not sure if that's fair because everywhere you go, there's violence. Everywhere, every community you live in, every kind of neighborhood you live in. And so for us to assume, because of long shots of the street and seeing all the Mexican, the Spanish writing on everything, that now we're supposed to assume this is a dangerous place. And then one incident happens in the movie, in the context of our A bad incident, let me say. Yeah. But it's just one. There's not That's what I mean, just one. But that happens everywhere. There's violence everywhere. There's violence down our street. There's violence in our town. Now, I'd like to know the real story of this and whether that was a very violent and all these, you know, some of these kids, one of these real life dudes goes to prison for something, which is also skirted upon. I mean, it doesn't tell us or anything. Not skirted on at all. You don't even know till the end credits. That's what I mean. The end credits. It doesn't (laughs) say he went to prison for an armed robbery. It says he did some But you assume that. No, or he went to... No, I don't assume that. I'm saying it, it's not told. It's it's not like he went to prison for this. Everything seems skirted upon as far as violence. And I know it's a film that kids should be able to watch, PG. But it's all very... There's an incident in this movie... Involved, Non-gritty. ...involving his daughter that is a very dramatic incident that is... We're not really privy to it properly. Mm-mm. And it's very quickly gone. Like, it's gone. And then we're on to the next bit. I think that would have been a very interesting part of the movie, but because of the kind of movie it is, I felt a little bit cheated of it, of that part. Um, and that is the criticism I have. I'm more used to... Is that violent enough for you? <laughs> well, no. I, I, I don't, I, I'm not saying I want violence. I'm saying I want the truth. Like, I want the real... I don't even know if that is a true incident. Well, let me give you a little hint here about movie watching. I know mm. you're new to the whole world. When the movie starts with the words based on a true story, oh, yeah, I... yeah, no, you don't know. It's not going to have the truth. Well, it's, some, it's not. Some of the truth. Barely any truth. It's going to have some references to some real life things that doesn't make it the truth. So when you see this, yeah, you're going to, you feel a little bit like, if you're thinking about it, you're going to think, oh, right. Well, you know, 
he only encounters these couple of little jerky comments. But yeah, I got the feeling that... I got a feeling that there's a lot of that. In the real world. Yeah. In that particular part of California, there's probably a lot. Even just the comments from the other coaches or the looks that the other coaches give, you know, because we're all very competitive in this field. And you're the dude coaching the Mexican kids, who we, as golfing middle-aged white men... (laughs) I'm not saying all middle-aged golfing white men are racist, but these guys are portrayed that way. They just don't act on it at all. Like, there's none of that because, you know, we're a PG movie. We can't really cover that because that's a bit tricky, like, for kids. And I, I got the feeling it's going on. I just didn't get the feeling of it properly going on because we were skirting over it so much. But the actual, as far as the inspirational tale, I said to you at the beginning, the movie starts with um, Kevin Costner coaching a football team and as soon as I saw the locker room scene which we've seen a million times in movies with the boys and the coach I was like oh no because I don't like American football which is what I call it American football Um, that is what it is I don't really understand it and I don't get excitement from seeing it even seeing it in a movie way where it's clear this is happening this is happening it doesn't really excite me that much so I was like, oh, it's a football movie. Uh, I don't know. Well, there was one. The last one we saw was really good. It was right down in the action. I can't remember what it was now. Any given Sunday. No, no. I, My God, I did like, like that one. years ago. Yeah. No, this was more recent. And we talked about how it was right down on the field. You felt like you were right in the action. I can't remember what it was. I don't remember seeing a football movie for a long time. I, I generally avoid them or, um, you know, I try to avoid we football We reviewed movies. it, whatever it was. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Uh, I can't think of a movie I've watched in the last 10 years that's actually about American football. I'll find it. Um, I'll find it from over here. But, the uh, at first I thought, oh, this is a football movie. I am going to be uh, not excited by anything that happens. It's just going to be a football movie. Then, it was quite clear that it's not a football movie. It is a running movie. And I was like, ah, and I run every day. So running's interesting to me. Um, and I know I was thinking about this movie, watching it, and about running. I was thinking, how is running exciting for people to watch as a spectator thing? Especially a cross-country run that is actually takes place over, what? Miles. <laughs> 15 miles, maybe. And you can't see it all, because, you like like I said, it's, amu- it's amusing to me in the movie how the coaches... What do they do? They, they, they kind of jog a little, a little yeah. bit, don't they? So if you want to see your competitor come past the one mile mark, your competitor runs a mile, but you can take a shortcut and maybe run like a third of a mile to get to it. But there's these shots of the coaches running into shot all the time, like trying to get to these spots, which I, it's actually the same. You know, if you go and watch the Tour de France, yep. to spectate the Tour de France, you have to basically drive your car to follow them and then stop and wait, watch them all go past then drive 20 miles down the road and do it again. Like, it's a funny spectator sport to me. So I was thinking, how can they make running, cross-country running, which I've never seen a movie about, to be honest. Have you ever seen Meatballs? Uh, yes, it's but a short it's little cross-country race. <laughs> and, and obviously I've seen Chariots of Fire, but that's not about cross-country running. I haven't. That's about sprinting. I haven't seen Chariots of Fire. Right, that's... When I was thinking, have I seen a running movie before? I could only think of two. And that's this one in Chariots of Fire. So it's not really covered that much running. And I was thinking, how can they make running exciting? 
And the way they did it in this movie, I think, and it's not the way it was filmed or anything like that, it's just making all the runners characters who you care about. Yeah, Then absolutely. as soon as you see them, you're like, oh, I want him to win. Like, I really want him to win. Isn't So it, it worked for me. I was sat there going, oh, he's that guy, the one who's always at the back. But yeah. It doesn't matter that he's always at the back. He can always do a little bit better. Like, he's never going to be number one. He even knows that himself. But maybe he will be one place <laughs> further from the back. Oh, they got you. They got yeah. you. So I think it made it. The blind side was the last. And it did have good oh, football scenes. Long, in. That was also a long time ago. It wasn't that long ago. It was about three years ago. Two years ago, maybe. Three years. 2010. Years. It's 2015 now. <laughs> Five years ago. Was it that long? Yeah. Oh my when god. When you said recently, I was like, we surely have not. <gasps> I'm getting so old. Oh my god. I seriously <laughs> thought that was like maybe two years ago at the most. <gasps> well, yeah. that was a good one. They had good fi- football yeah, scenes in Yeah, it. true. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they did make me care about cross country running. And I was like, you know, I, was, I can't see, you know, how I don't find American football exciting in movies. How can I find people running up a hill exciting? But it was exciting. And the, there's not a ton of cross-country running in this movie, to be honest, is there? They show a bit of training. No. And there's, what, two races? Because it's not really about the running. No, it's more about the relationships between the people. And this coach, how he's inspiring and how the kids actually get inspired by him and, you know. This is off topic. I'm looking at reviews on your site that I haven't written and yeah. we haven't watched. Yeah, some of them were done by a friend of mine who does some reviews. Recently? No, all those were from 2005 or 10. Whatever. 2010. Five years ago. Yeah. Oh, I did that, I did that one. Five some years. of the ones I do, I forget. Five years ago, some of them. Most of those. That was when he did, when a friend of mine did them. But that's oh. all totally off topic. But anyway. It is off topic, but I'm just saying, wow. These, I'm thinking, did I watch these movies? And I've completely forgotten them. You no. didn't watch Jonah Hex, neither did I. I did not, no. because I'm not a fan of that person there. Doesn't look like a very good movie. Anyway, um, so, yeah, back on topic. It's an interesting look at these kids and, you know, the, the, the actual um, other side of it, that they're Mexican kids and they culture of a Mexican family and the culture of an American family is absolutely chalk and cheese, totally different. But at the heart of it, the same, like the family matters and the work ethic is really strong in the Mexican family. And this coach learns a bit about those kind of things. You know, when he goes to eat with them and I always, I found those scenes really touchy and quite, and I think those were based on the real thing. I think, I feel like those weren't elaborated on. Those True. are the. Those well, are the. Well, why you get the quinceanera, you get that dinner he has with them, you find out that the family's helping with the, co- uh, the uniforms, then you see the people making signs around the town. I think you get a lot of that. Yeah, actually. there's tons of that in this movie. And that's the heart of this movie, I think, that to show, like, we're just all people. Yes, we've got different ways about us, but at the end of the day, we're people. He goes into their home, they go into his, everybody mingles and gets on, basically. Not always how it works. Not everybody gets on, but they do in this. This is movie magic. Pretty much everybody gets on. So let's move on to the cast there. Um, Kevin. I mean, Disney movie magic. A lot of movies, not just Disney. Sometimes to tell a story, depending on what you're going for, 
which I feel in this movie they go in for more inspiration than mm-hmm. um, the actual struggle of it is less than the nice moments that we all seem to like to watch. So uh, Kevin Costner plays Jim White. In fact, one of the worst things that these kids are going through is cut from the movie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. If you watch That's the deleted like, scenes. Yeah, that one's even more harsh than, you know. I feel like that stuff. was taken out because that is too depressing it's for this depressing. audience. Yeah. yeah. It, I, I feel, um, if you're making a particular kind of movie, maybe at, at first you're like, oh no, we're going to actually make it this way. And then when you look at it, you're like, no, that's not what we were going for. It's a drag, man. We need to be <laughs> yeah. up, up all the time, you know, try and be up. Yes, there are moments of sadness in this movie, but very it's not about being sad plus a black guy usually gets more of a reaction than a kid who has no place to stay so if you're gonna if you're gonna put two sob stories up of the kids lives Mm -hmm. then the one with the most impact needs to be the one we're going for i think that's how they think yeah so kevin costner plays jim white what did you think of kevin costner's performance here i think he just gets better now i haven't loved everything kevin costner's ever done and i don't think he's like Mr. Wonderful Actor, but I think he's actually really solid. He's not a showboater anymore. You know, he's had times when he was like, you know, me, 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 me. And you can just tell that's his, he thinks he's extra cool. Or, you know, I said, do you do you think of him in the same thing as Bruce Willis? And while I think Kevin Costner's higher quality performance, I still think they both have a similar attitude. I've been around a long time. I am Kevin Costner. I know what I'm doing. I'm making this shot because it looks good. I'm doing this scene because it makes me look like the hero or whatever. And that's all kind of going away now, I think. And in the in the middle, like particularly the scene at the table where the mom's bringing him food, there's just like this relaxedness about him I think that that's he didn't what used it is. to have. That he just sort of melts into it now better. And there are lots of quiet scenes now where he... It's Let's like he's him... not trying. Exactly. Because he doesn't need to. Exactly. He's in it. He's in that character and that's it. He hasn't overthought it. He hasn't. No... He's not overdoing it. He just lets it be. And I think he's... I'm excited to see more. More and more. Yeah, I always... Almost always with Kevin Costner. I um, When I'm watching him, there's something very... You know, I'm, I don't even know what this means, but you know when people say there's a movie star quality about somebody. That I just want to watch them because it's nothing seems, doesn't seem like they're being, take Johnny Depp for instance. I feel like he's trying too hard a lot of the time. It's a, it's a bit hard for me to watch sometimes. Whereas this guy, I could do, I've seen him in lots of different roles and I always. Like think, you get your fill of Johnny yeah. Depp because it's over the top a lot. Yeah. And he's At trying first, hard to yeah. be over the top. At first, you're like, funny and it's cute and then it's just like anything like i say there's the law of diminishing returns just like when you eat a whole bag of cheetos right the first two handfuls you can't you can't believe you have this whole bag of cheetos to eat now this is from my perspective maybe not everyone thinks of it this way and then you get to that third handful and you're still like oh i don't want to run out but oh i just can't stop and then it's like they're not tasting as good and you're a little bit over it and you just keep going because you want that thing again I think that's how Johnny Depp is to me. There's characters of his that at the first few scenes, you're just like, he's just awesome. He's so funny. Yeah, like Jack Sparrow. And then like the fifth scene and the next. Now, the first whole movie of that was fine. And the fourth time you've seen Jack Sparrow, the fourth movie, you're (laughs) kind of like, okay. Kevin Costner's had similar arc in his whole career where you're like, I've had it with his sort of 
self-centered vibe I get a lot through different movies or the over overthinking things a I lot. I just feel like now he's like a character actor. Like, I enjoy... You know a lot of these actors... He's the opposite of a character actor. Well, I mean, like, he's, he's a... Johnny Depp is the character actor. Like, like a lot of these people you see on TV who just play these mundane kind of roles, but you go, he's really good, I like him. And you then you spot him in other things and you go, okay, he's kind of doing the like same... Like the wife. Yeah, he's kind of doing good. the same thing, but... He's enjoyable. Like Philip Seymour Hoffman's a good one um, because he is not a showboater. Philip Seymour Hoffman, I don't think he's mm. like a. Do you mean was? Yeah, he's <laughs> he's a quality actor. He does a lot of different roles. They're quite different to each other. The roles, if you looked at his thing, but I can always watch him. I can put on any of those, and I'm like that guy. I just like to watch him. He's a movie star to me. Like it's something I like to watch. I'm never put off by him, and I'm not put off by Kevin Costner. You don't think Johnny Depp is a movie star? I think he is in a way. I just don't think he's enjoyable to watch all of the time. Whereas Kevin Costner, I don't feel a time, aside from Waterworld, I said to you earlier, I'm not a fan of Waterworld. Not because I'm on the bandwagon of all the people who didn't like Waterworld. I just generally didn't like it. I did. It didn't... Dennis Hopper's super overacting in it. It's weird. It's It too wasn't, much, too it much, wasn't too my much. thing at all. But The Postman... I'll watch The Postman again. I like that one. So, yeah, I've always enjoyed Kevin Costner. And this role, it just felt effortless to me. Like, And I was like, wow, I buy him as that guy. Yep. And that's all I needed within the first few minutes. Like, And then I'm just, you know. I know what I'm going to get with this movie as well, yet. True. Yet, I'm still sat there going, I'm enjoying this movie. Yeah, but his thing is you you don't know exactly what you're going to get because we're already acclimated to the idea of a coach in a movie. I mean, as far as a performance. Right, but we think you don't know what you're going to get, and yet he surprises you. And with that, he kind of surprises me that he didn't go in any direction you expect. He just was the same, kind of held it together, quieted he didn't need every scene he didn't feel like he needed to be the star of the scene which i think in the past i've felt like he always tried to manipulate things so he was like big man on campus you know but yeah but he's very good let's Um, get to the wife his wife is maria bello who plays cheryl white she's always good yeah and she we've we said to each other a minute you know she always gets the wife role she does unfortunate but she's always good yeah but she is good but then I had a look and went and looked at a resume of movies and she's had main roles in TV series, but not actually in movies. It's usually in the movies and you see the name yeah. and it, she'll either be the same name as the main character or she will be a waitress or, but I said, The Cooler, which stars William H. Macy. If you want to see her doing a fantastic performance, she plays like a, a lead prostitute. Role. Yeah, well, he's the lead, but she's the oh, second. You have a leading man and a leading woman. Yeah, absolutely. And she... Plays a prostitute in that, and it is very twisted and an odd relationship between these two people. And she handles that perfectly. But then, you, then you'll see her again, and she's a wife. But in this, even though she's just the wife, we don't want to say just the wife, but I mean they don't give her a lot. Except they don't give her a lot that you I understand won't... she's not a doormat. She doesn't just go along, and she's not pushy, but she has a standard. For him that I think you feel. It doesn't have to be said. And she just she's right. Every time I'm convinced those are her daughters and he is her husband. Yeah. And, and when he lets the daughters down that scene and yeah. she's... You can see the... She's subtle but yeah. very... Yeah. I like her. 
I'd like yeah. to see her in more main leading roles, for sure. Now, the, the actual cross-country runners in this movie are played by a... Well, the Diaz brothers, who are three. Damaco, David, and Danny Diaz. They're played by Ramiro Rodriguez, Rafael Martinez, and Michael Agu- Aguero. Is that right? Um, the Diaz brothers, <laughs> they're really good. All three of them. Like when we watched... Um, Million Dollar Arm. They're unknown actors. I just had a look, you know, not been in much at all. But they pull it off, like, totally. You know, and then... I agree completely. They were all amazingly natural. Every line was right. They had a certain playfulness about them. Um, I do think this is another area where Disney sort of whitewashes things. And I mean that, like, like what it says, you are clearing away a lot of the rough patches. Yeah. You know, when it you been... sand off something and it's like, because these kids have a very positive outlook, they all have a very, they're all, you know, on the verge of being... Exceptional. Yeah, instead of, we don't have a lot of downness in any mm-hmm. of them. When you feel like in their situations, it's going to be rough, but you know. Yeah, they're kind of portrayed like they're just amazing. Like, even though they're in a horrible situation, a lot of them, you know, poverty or, you know, what I said was maybe a rough neighborhood, but not actually portrayed 100% that way. That, you know, these kids, how it's portrayed is they get up at like 5 a.m., they work picking vegetables with the fathers, then they go to school, and then they get off school, and then they pick some more vegetables, and then they actually run 15 miles with this coach. So I was like, wow, how could anybody have that kind of strength, you know? But uh, I'm assuming they did, and that's what they did, and a lot of people do do that kind of thing. But uh, they are portrayed a little bit superhero-ish at times. I'm kind of like, wow, these kids are just unbelievable. Like this one, you know, when they're doing that running over the the hills. <laughs> yes. That kid would just do it forever, basically. You just keep going around, wouldn't you, until you tell him not to. Like it's... I don't know about that. He did collapse. He seems to have unlimited energy. Like it, and then he starts running home when he's done. Like so, But that's what this coach... And I, I do think there's a bit of movie magic involved because nobody's a superhero. Yeah. So uh, the director of this movie, a female director, I thought this was directed by a man and I don't know what that was all about. I was watching it thinking this is directed by a man. Did Why you would you think that? that? I didn't I, think about it. I did think for a minute. I thought it was Kevin Costner who directed it because it had a similar vibe. I also thought it could be Kevin, I but didn't... I wasn't thinking the man Kevin Costner directed. So this is directed by Nikki Caro, um, and she's not really directed movies, but she did direct a TV show called Mercy Peak. Do you know what that is? I don't know what it is. No. Um, but so the way this film is directed, I like to call it. It's very simple. Like it's. It's what it is. Like We're telling this story. There's no flashy tricks. It's not Lost River that we watched last week. They're not trying to be artistic, necessarily. We just need to tell the story. And visually, it is interesting in parts, especially that part I just mentioned, where they're running over the hills, over the covered hills. But it's not a flashy cinematography. It's a basic filmed movie, right? Very. Like, it's not, it's not like an art piece in any way. Or, yes, it has some nice shots, but 
but it generally it's just to, what we say utilitarian filmed like that's it we need this shot and that shot and we're not going for fancy if a car's driving and down the, she has a good eye whoever discovered like the areas where because at one point they're doing a race where it's going up the zigzag hill roads yeah and you do get long shots of that but i mean again that's not artsy it is just a big huge one shot of a landscape and there are people in it doing the thing that we're supposed to be watching i'd go as I wouldn't go as far to say as it, it's like a TV movie where it's all economical. Because TV, TV movies are known for being super economical because they've only got a certain amount of money. So if we need a beach scene, we film a beach scene and we do it very basically. And maybe we don't do a beach screen. Maybe we do a green screen of a beach. This isn't that. It, it has got a budget to it, but it's very just normal. It's what I'd expect. If, you, if it said on the page, neighborhood... Uh, Mexican neighborhood, it's very what you see. Like you don't see anything. There's no crane shot. There's no, it's just normal. So that's not bad sometimes. With a movie like this, I think that is the probably the way to go. Because it's not really about being flashy or anything. It's about telling the character's stories, which you can do just normally. So extras um, on this Blu-ray. And there are many. Um... So, first one is McFarland Reflections. This joins Kevin Costner and coach Jim White, the real guy, and members of the 1987 cross-country team. So, it's basically like 10 minutes of them sat in a field. Are they in a field? Are they a picnic table or something? They're in a picnic place. And it's just Kevin Costner with the real guys, which I actually found good. Very good. Because I wanted to see the real guys. Me too. And you do see the real guys in the movie at the end. Well, they're not in the movie. But they're in the credit, like it, like yeah. where it shows you what happened to them all. Um, but this is interesting. I like the way they call the coach Mr. White still as men. Yeah. You know, it's like. I still do that with my, I mean, somebody was talking about Don the other day. And I'm like, who are you talking about? And my cousin Heather said, you know, Don Hilliard. He hangs out with Kevin, who's my cousin. So they go golfing and stuff together. Well, Mr. Hilliard is Don. He's my math teacher. Right. And he's 90. And yet he goes golfing, and Kevin is four years younger than me, who was also well, you in would his never classes. Call your teacher I wouldn't, and I don't, no. and I call Mrs. Watkins, Mrs. Watkins, and she was my English teacher. Her name's Maureen, and Mom's always calling her Maureen, and I'm like, don't call her that. She's Mrs. Watkins, and Mom will say she wasn't my teacher. <laughs> Mr. Watkins is Mr. Watkins. He's not Robert. So I still have that, and I'm almost fifty. <laughs> so there you go. I don't um, get casual with the teachers. No, and they didn't. And it, they were respectful. There was obviously of him. respect for him, yeah, and you know he led them to the to winning the thing. So, so yeah, it's really good. I like that. Um, there's also a music video called Juntos, which is um, one of the one of the songs performed in the movie. Inspiring McFarland, which is see the strength and perseverance that brought a community together. It's similar to the one I just mentioned. It's a lot of interviews. It's not very long, two minutes. And then there's deleted and extended scenes. Now, if you really want to see a plot line that was removed from this movie, because, like I said, it was very un-Disney and maybe a little bit too depressing, it is in the deleted scenes. And I think it would be good to be put in the movie, to be honest. I don't... It's, I know that what the movie's trying to go for, and yes, that doesn't fit. And it would change the tone of the movie somewhat. But I don't think it would damage it. It might... And it wouldn't rem- it wouldn't make it not a PG, would it? It's not like it's no, 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 no. You know, it's just a little bit too. It isn't to me at all. But I guess some people would say, "Oh no, that's a bit too." We're trying to be inspired here, and uh, 
that's not really it. That's too much of a sad story. So uh, in conclusion on McFarlane USA, I uh, really kind of liked it. Um, like I say, it's got its issues for me. But then, again, any inspirational kind of sports movie is probably going to have issues for me. They're never going to tell it 100% how it really was. Because sometimes the things, you know, the the real things in life are not the inspiring part. Like, is like... Say these kids got beaten beaten really badly by the father in real life. Do we really need to see them being beaten by the father every two minutes to make us go, oh my god, it was so bad? Like, that's For not this what story, this yeah. movie is. Another one maybe. Another one might like, be Like, um, you know, one. Ghostbusters? No! We <laughs> <laughs> called the Ghostbusters and we're in control. Yeah. Oh my god, I've got part of the song in my head. You mean um, Dangerous Mind? Yeah, how did you know? Which is an inspirational... But you get more of a grit. Cross-culture thing. It's also a little bit not, but it's got the grit more It has than a little bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. How about the one where the woman was a teacher teaching them to write? Hers was more gritty Freedom well. writers, yeah. yeah. Which is based more. on a true story. And yes, that had... The violence was intact because it was... Integral but to also the wasn't story. horrible gritty. So no, we got, yeah, because that was an MTV movie, so it was true. It was just. So out what of you frame. want is an inspirational sports movie with lots of violence. <laughs> I guess. And characters that make you cry, and a coach that's not too obnoxious. So we got to put this formula together. But I mean, you know what this formula, McFarlane yeah. USA, you know, ten minutes into it, I'm like, yeah, I get what this is, and it won't go too far, but we will feel inspired, and that's what you get. So if and that's we forget, we forget to mention one of the hugest themes in the whole movie. Huge themes is how hard immigrants in this particular slice of the Mexican immigrants and their families at least the, who are portrayed in this movie, work. do work to get to change generation to generation. You know, we don't know their whole stories, but it's very clear that these particular families work their children really hard because we have to, to do this and this. And you feel like they have the vibe of being our already highly motivated people. They just don't have, you know, the kids just don't have that one last thing like this guy comes along. So that's another, that's a big deal. Yeah, there is a scene where Kevin Costner goes to work in that the field. That he's learning with too, that I'm super privileged. I actually, I can, as a coach, I don't even have to run. I don't mm. have to do anything with these kids. And here they get up at four in the morning and been there all Saturday picking cabbages. And it sucks. Like, it's hard. But they do it and they just do it. Like, it's part of their life and... So we forget that's a huge theme in the movie that you kind of have to keep hanging on to. It is. It's a culture clash and... But you can apply that to any community. Yeah. You know, if I go to where I'm from, where I went to this weekend, you see that there's an attitude of... downness, you know? And, you know, passing judgment on others and... Yeah, there's a very closed, claustrophobic thing. It could just be me. But no, it isn't. It is a very... When I overhear conversations, it's like the outside world is the enemy, or it doesn't exist at all. There, there's only two versions of the story, and what you're doing now, you better just get used to it. A movie that really portrays Don't that. Don't get too big for your britches. That feeling you're talking about, a movie that really portrays that is The Judge. Do you remember when he, <laughs> yeah. when he's driving into the town and he yeah, takes a deep I breath? I said, yeah. And I, then just, he, I know exactly how he feels. And then he, he pulls up in the town and it's like he never left it. I know exactly how he feels. 
So yeah, if you ever want to get that feeling, watch The Judge, because it, it really does... Just uh, that one scene. <laughs> but the whole vibe of him being in that and then meeting up with his like, old girlfriend. I mean, his small town is a little different than most. It's a very privileged, kind of snooty sort But it still has town. the, we all know what everything that everybody's doing scenario. It's not. That's not it, though. This It's this feeling of, there is glue on your shoes. And you will never be anything. And if you think you're going to be something, then you're getting too big for your britches. And if you think you're nothing then you're a loser. Like, there's no winning. And if you try to do something else, if you think different ways, or if you want to explore the world, then either you better be careful because the world's going to chew you up and spit you out, or just don't go out into the world. Like, right. just don't do it. And it's very, it's difficult when you're the person who wants to... Now, these people, as we saw in the extras, almost all of them... Went on, graduated from colleges, became teachers, counselors, and came back to their high school. And now they still work at the same high school. Yeah. So that's a a good combination of I want to understand the world better, feel, and make things better all around me, not just me moving on. Because I was thinking, as you're watching this kind of movie, and they're talking about it and how we worked all so hard, we had to pick, you know, we're called, they call themselves pickers, picking the fruit all day, and it's such hard labor. Well, you know what? Somebody has to pick the fruit. Yep. And to convince the kid who's picking the fruit when they're 15 that this is a loser job, it's not fair because someone needs to do that in order for the greater whole of everybody. You know, it's like a big machine, isn't it? Everybody does their part. Not to look down on the person picking your food or growing your food, but that if that person can then change, you know, do other things and bring it around and then the next generation of people who pick fruit could maybe have it a little bit different. Whatever. I just think that it's unfair to say, oh, we don't want to break our backs all our lives picking fruit. It's such a lowly job. It's not. It's just, you know, I don't want that to be the impression people get. That you're a low person because you're doing manual labor for no, a job. No, that's not what this movie portrays either. I hope not. No, I don't think so. So, um, it does show you both, kind of both sides. Yeah. Like the privileged American dude and, and then him actually changing his way of thinking because he actually gets to know these people and sees exactly what they do. And that they're way more hardworking than anybody's probably ever met. So, thanks to Disney for the Blu-ray. Uh, if you want to enter a contest, go to aschoolie.com. We have Sword of Vengeance on Blu-ray available to win. So just enter the contest there. Next week's Blu-ray review will be uh, the Wachowskis, Jupiter Ascending. Yay! So, we're going to be seeing that one next week. I like sci-fi fantasy fiction stuff. And the Wachowskis, actually, funnily enough, um, not only did is Jupiter Ascending, they've got an original series that's going on Netflix at the end of this month um, that they've written and directed, a uh, 12-part series, which looks really interesting. Sci-fi fiction? Yes. Nice. And it looks really interesting. <laughs> sci-fi fiction. It's like one of those a- ones where it's... There's like five or six different characters, and they're all in different parts of the world. So there's a Japanese part. There's a of course because that's what they do. It looks really cool. Just like the last one, Atlas, Atlas. Cloud, yeah. Cloud Atlas. Yeah. So uh, movie recommendations. I am going uh, with. I usually base mine on this movie, and they're semi based on this movie. Number one is Man of Steel because uh, Mr. Costner played. Um, I was going to say Clark Kent played uh, <laughs> Superman's um, Clark Kent, Superman, uncle, father. They became his father, yeah, and mother. He, yeah, yeah. not his real father, because that's Russell Crowe. 
Um, he's... Russell Crowe, Superman's real father? Yes. Oh, divulged here. Exclusively. But Man of Steel. I love Man of Steel. And Kevin Costner's... Re- I, I really bought him in that too. As Superman's, you know, looker after. And the other one is based on Maria Bello. Who plays his wife in this movie. And that is Prisoners. That you didn't remember I until didn't I showed you the poster. So but it's good. a fantastic movie from a couple of years ago. It stars Wolverine and uh, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he's Nightcrawler. He's not Nightcrawler. Yeah. Yeah, but he's not... Nightcrawler's the blue guy. No, Nightcrawler... I know, but Nightcrawler's camera. the blue guy from X-Men. Yeah. So you're just talking about a movie called Nightcrawler. Yeah. Or yeah. Bubble Boy. You can call him Bubble Boy. No. You go, do you want to call him um, Donnie Darko? Yeah, actually, okay. I like that. So yeah, it was a cool movie, and <laughs> she she plays the wife in that one, um, the mother and the wife. Yeah, but uh, it's a good movie, Prisoners. You should see that one, and Man of Steel. So yours are? Mine are based on the fact that I went to a wedding this weekend, so it's nothing to do with this movie whatsoever. And observing the brides, the bride and her bridesmaids, bridemaids, bridesmaids. So I pick bridesmaids <laughs> because it's really. <laughs> It's never that funny in real life, and they're all very stressed out, and they all have a certain bitterness about them. Like the last, the last week before a wedding, apparently, it's like so miserable, and I don't know why they all take on this semi shitty attitude. It's very funny, but it's not as funny. They're not all like shitting and puking in the bathroom, as far as I know. But I mean, there's this, <laughs> this little gang mentality with bridesmaids. They sort of. They want to hover around the bride, especially after the wedding. And like anyone who wants to chat with the bride or whatever, it's like, she's too busy. She's too busy. We've got to do this. We've got, they're very, there's a very militant thing about bridesmaids. I think it's, and then by the later in the evening, you know, mi- oh, middle of the reception, they're all a little bit drunk, very tired. Kind of they past it up, They're past it. it. They're just like, and then they act as if they've just. They've had the weight of the world on their shoulders, and now it's over, and now we can relax. And I just think it's absolutely hilarious. So, I still can get bridesmaids. All, can still can never forget the pit, the scene in Bridesmaids where she's in the middle of the road, driving back and forth. Yeah. Um. Well, she's down on the floor with the dress around her. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, actually, she's just done something terrible. <laughs> she can't move. <laughs> It's, I forgot about that one. Yeah, it's pretty And then cool. the other one is in reference to Kevin Costner. I was going to say Kevin Bacon. It's not Kevin Bacon. No. Mr. Brooks is a movie that kind of we didn't even know existed. And then we watched it. He's actually... It's, I'm not going to tell you anything about it's it. Like, except that don't say anything about it. It's just... We've done a review about it. So if you want to listen to it. We haven't done a review about it, actually. We just watched it. Did we mention it, though, I think? I maybe. Talking maybe about mentioned it. it. But um, it's Mr. Brooks. And it's uh, a departure, for the most part, from other themes and movies he's ever done so how's it so games and a scully stuff i've been playing more of the witcher 3 this week uh, i've talked about it at length uh, it's really fun i'm still playing it they're saying it's a 200 hour game i think i'm according to steam i've played it for 24 hours so i haven't even scratched the surface so yeah i'm really enjoying it i recommend it to anybody i'm not an rpg fan and i'm actually enjoying it in the way i enjoy gta just running around the world looking at stuff finding things there's lots of random little things you can find like you want you're driving driving you're not driving you're riding a horse down a lane and then somebody comes running out and they need some help and then there's a, they've got a whole story behind them which is really interesting i like that 
So I played quite a bit of that this week. Um, it is the beginning of the month again, so there are some new PS Plus games if you're a PlayStation member. And there's a big one this month, actually. Um, there are a bunch of games out. You get six, as usual. But the big, big highlight of this month, and it, it will be available from tomorrow, which will be Tuesday the 2nd, is Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes on the PS4. Now, this is one of the first times they've actually given away a AAA PS4 game. Not a little, in, you know, they give a lot of indie games away, let's say, because they're probably cheaper to get. But this is a big, it's a Metal Gear Solid game. Some people call it a Metal Gear Solid demo, but no, it's actually the last Metal Gear Solid game that came out. And it is a PS4 game, not a PS3 game, so you can get that tomorrow. I think that's pretty cool that they're, you know, the further PS Plus goes on, the more PS4 games you're going to get, really, I guess. By the time it gets five years into the PS4, you're probably going to get all kinds of PS4 games every week or every month. And the other thing I want to mention before I go is I have a friend called Dan who runs a video game website. And, um, you know, I mention video games on this show a lot because I play a lot of video games. And I do play a lot of video games with Dan. We play Destiny together. Um... And he runs this site, and he has for years, and it's called thedailygamepad.com. That's thedailygamepad.com. Like a pad that you write on. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you I know, know what pads are. Yeah. <laughs> I have drawing pads, which people think is a funny thing to call them. And he does reviews on there, um, written reviews, and he also has a YouTube... Wait, does this have art in it? I'll watch it. I'll listen if it's got art in it. <laughs> it's video games or art, so yes. Um mm. So he reviews video games. He's also got a YouTube channel where he, um, you know, does uh, unboxings of video games and shows stuff that he's got. He collects a lot of retro games. Is this a commercial? No. So um, he also, the the website itself, he has a team of writers and they do, and you know, written reviews on games. Not like all the latest releases or anything, but whatever takes the fancy. They might even review a game from 1986 if they love it. So give it a look. It's so it's the... for actual hardcore, not hardcore, but video game people like you who have just yeah loved it since you were... They do news on that. didn't exist. True. They Is do... they our age? No, younger. Probably 10 years younger. Well, maybe 15 years younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's my age. But um, he's into retro gaming a lot. Like, he's into Super Nintendo and all that. But anyway, thedailygamepipe.com. Stop by, give it a look. And uh, that's my stuff for this week. So, Sid Talk, what's for dinner? For dinner is pasta with Paul Newman's juice on it. I mean, Paul Newman's sauce. Paul Newman's jism. Uh, no! I have no way of purchasing that, to he, my knowledge. There's some in every... <laughs> Every um, jar. Oh, I was I wasn't aware. He really puts himself. It makes in you there. strong. That doesn't make people want to buy it, but it's <laughs> really good. Paul Newman. Oh my god, I forget the name of it every time. Sockeroo. Sockerooney. Sockerooney, and it's really good. And I've I've taken to just not even putting sauce. any. We don't eat meat, and in the past few years, I've just always used these like vegetable crumbles. Put it in there. And I've gotten to where I don't even want that in there anymore. I just love this sauce. It's like with some macaroni. I want that in there as well sometimes. What? The crumbles. Oh, it's too bad because I'm doing the cooking. (laughs) So if you want the crumbles, you're going to have to put the crumbles Mm. in there. Unless you want to mesh up one of your veggie burgers because we don't have any crumbles. But I'm just saying that sauce is so good to me. I put a little bit of earth balance, which is it's like a vegan um, 
margarine. margarine. We're not vegan, but I really love it. So I've just taken to always, always buying it instead of it's any tasty. other kind. It really is. It's so, it's right between butter a and really margarine. good margarine and real butter. And so, and you get none of the extra stuff in there. So, um, I don't know what's going to go with it. Oh, yes, I do. I got a can of beets and a can of sweet potatoes because those both, uh, I don't know, took my fancy today. You love neither of those, but that's what we're having. So we're having sauce with no crumbles, which you don't love. We're having sweet potatoes, which you don't love, and beets out of a can. Like they're not pickled. There's pasta involved, Aaron. I'll just give you plain pasta. It's my elbow macaroni. It's not even spaghetti noodles, which you always tease me for calling them spaghetti noodles, but whatever. That's just a double... <laughs> Um, it's not a double no, entendre. Spaghetti is the whole thing. Spaghetti is the noodles with the sauce and used to be lots of Parmesan cheese and the garlic bread. That's all spaghetti. spaghetti the bottom is the, is the spaghetti, spaghetti noodles. Spaghetti is the thin one. The long, thin one that you no. have to slurp up like Lady and the Tramp. It's not. Oh, well, we're not going to be Lady and the Tramping it tonight. And my advice, did you want to know my advice? No. Are you asking for my advice? No. Nope. My advice is this, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. First, I'll tell you why. And that'll, no, I'll tell you Just the dispense advice. the devi- advice. <laughs> device. Dispense the advice, please. It is stay for the cleanup. Now, let me explain. I went to a, a family wedding. But this not weekend. if you're working in pornography. <laughs> Leave but, as soon as you can. Funny enough, <laughs> that didn't even cross my mind. But first, you're putting Paul Newman's jism in the sauce, and True. now you're talking about, what is up with you? I think that's what it is. You don't ever talk about pornography. Well, sex. I was just thinking, if you want to stay for the clean, don't stay for the cleanup. Why sex. would you think that's what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'm not talking about pornography or pornographic movie set. I'm talking about an event or a thing. For example, I went to a wedding this weekend, family wedding. Now, I wasn't part of the planning of the wedding. It was my first cousin's son. And my first cousin is like my sister to me because we're only two weeks apart in age. So we've always been close. So her sons to me are more like nephews, actually, than cousins, right? But anyway, it's her oldest son. So I didn't have any part in the planning. Yes, I designed the uh, invitations, the RSVPs, the thank yous, the programs. I made the banner and the slideshow for the reception. Other than that, I wasn't part of any of the decorating or anything like that. So, but what you find out, and it's a very small town. This is a small town I was talking about. Now, while it has its drawbacks, like I said, it feels claustrophobic and a little bit suffocating to me. I am not the person who thinks like everyone else. I don't go along to get along. I don't agree for the sake of agreeing or to keep the peace. I'm the first one to tell you that your racist joke is a load of shit. Or that when you tell me that I better believe in a god, I'm going to say to you, well, let's have a discussion and you tell me why. Because I don't agree with you. That's why it's hard for people like me, I think, to stay in that area. You are you are an outsider, even though I'm born and raised there. Now, that sounds overly dramatic, but anyone who's in a similar situation knows exactly what I mean. So... I do go back for family events and other things, class reunions, family get-togethers, family, everything like that. I have no problem with that. I just don't want to live there again. But what I find is, you find out that through the whole planning of this particular wedding, because they don't have a lot of money, that so many people in the community who, over the years, we've all kind of adopted into our family, you know, people we went to high school with, but who are so close that they'll spend endless hours renting the building for the reception cleaning i'm um, cleaning the rented building it's a okay it's a little tiny fairgrounds it's a little tiny place it's got a big metal building where they have the county fair food every year and it's kind of a pit it's old it's 
rusting. It's a Landau building. It's got dirt and mud and cow poop on the floor because they have a rodeo next door. All this stuff. Well, a bunch of people went and cleaned the whole place ahead of time. Like, cleaned the walls, cleaned it all down. Then 20 people came and decorated up all the tables and hung all the Christmas lights and all this stuff, right? Then we had the whole deal. Loads of people helped serve the food and cook the food. And then when it's all over, the DJ guy's still playing his music. And no, it's not the DJ like Avicii or Dead Mouse. It's like the guy who plays classic rock and roll from and the radio's music. channel. He's from the r- local radio channel. We went to high school with him. You know, he's younger than us. And he's like, he'll play all the favorites. He played the chicken song, you know. da 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 How's that a favorite? (laughs) You play it at every wedding. So he's very traditional in that way. He stays and plays his music while, even with the lights off, I look around and I'm taking down the slideshow and I'm putting the projector away and all this, and picking up all my stuff. And I notice that people still in their suits and ladies in their dresses are starting to pick up all the table decorations and put them in boxes. And then I see people climbing up ladders in their suits and their high heels and whatever. Climbing up ladders and standing on tables to take down the Christmas lights while the music is still playing and there's still beer being served over in the corner out of the keg. Just that's sitting on the floor. Nothing fancy. One guy in cowboy boots is over there serving up beers, right? And for the next hour and a half, everybody cleans up. The lights finally come on. The music stops. We are still sweeping the floor, moving the tables, taking down every lick of any remnant of this wedding whatsoever, cleaning every surface, and there's still 20 or 30 people there. Not just family. People we all went to high school with, friends of the bride and groom. That's not how it always happens, though. Right. And I'm saying, and I'm, you know, my thought was when I was packing up the projector, I was like, well, I've got a three-hour ri- drive. I'm going to go home because it's a long drive. Might as well pack up my stuff, say my goodbyes. And then as we all started cleaning up, I was like, I just want to see this through because it, it matters. The bride and groom's gone, right? They've already left to go to, they've got a hotel room. They just need to go chill out. It's been a stressful couple of days, right? But the wedding party's still kind of hanging around. All of my family, my two cousins and my aunt and uncle are there. They're the grandparents. And I mean, everything from moving these huge tables back to where they belong. And my cousin had taken pictures before they started decorating. And she wanted everything exactly back where they found it, but better. So we cleaned everything, and by the time we were packing up and locking the door, we all looked back in the building, and it's just as if nothing had ever happened, except it was spotless, like cleaner than ever. And there's a huge satisfaction in seeing through, seeing that through. Now, it's for people I cared about, obviously, which is different than, like, some stranger's wedding. But even then, if you can contribute at the end of an event by simply sweeping the floor or carrying out the trash, or and there's always shit to load in somebody's car... This, this time there were like four trucks we had to load full of leftover dishes and food and decorations, right? Even if you're just the person who somebody's handing a box to, at least you're another set of hands. And by the end of it, not everybody gets a pat on the back or a big fat thank you. But you, I don't know, there's just a certain satisfaction to it. And I think that if you can stay for the cleanup, you're going to find it's... Don't expect a thank you. Don't be all pissy about it. Just do it. And then quiet. And then I just hugged everybody and said my goodbyes, as as everybody did. Um, then you just go and you don't walk around going, you know. So Sid Sark's advice, if I was to concise it, is... Stay for the cleanup. And many hands make light work. Oh, my God. That's a good one. Did you just make that up? No, that's a, <laughs> that's a famous saying. And it's, yeah. It is true. But then it means something if you're actually doing it for somebody you care about. 
you know, so that's it. All right. So let me uh, remind you about our websites, ascoli.com, sidsaw.com. Let me also remind you about thedailygamepad.com because you can go there too. Remind me again. What, what, what's that about? The Daily Gamepad. <laughs> the dailygamepad.com where you can go and read about video games. I have to admit, it's a tricky thing to say. It is really tricky. It's like a tongue twister. <laughs> a tongue twister. The Daily Gamepad. Dot dot com. Com. So uh, you can also catch this. <coughs> you can catch us. That cold that you have over there? I haven't got a cold. You can catch <laughs> us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch uh, this podcast on Stitcher.com, the iTunes Music Store, the Xbox Music thing, or go to the RSS page, which is aschoolie.com, and then click on the word podcast, and you can subscribe in any RSS reader there and listen to the show. You can also listen to it straight from the page. You can email feedback to me, aschoolie at Don't email Sid Talk. She doesn't care about you. And stay classy, Mr. Kevin Costner, because you're very enjoyable to watch. And I'm going to say think for yourself, or someone will do it for you. TheDailyGamePad.com <laughs>